0: It's that time of the week again. We have another episode of the Contacts to Contracts uh, podcast. I am Brian Lovell with my co-host here, John Jones, and we have a huge guest with us today, Mr. Doug Swan from Sarma Credit Services. Doug, I, I was thinking, per- preparing for this, I believe we've known each other for about 12 years.
1: That's probably right. I was even thinking maybe a little longer, Could, but that's probably 12 years. But the huge guest, that was a little scary to start with. i, was <laughs> I was thinking... Was that a was that a diss or what? <laughs> Not this or a diss. But yeah, it's probably been at least 10, 12 years. So huge yeah. as
0: in you're you're gonna add you had You wanna say right value.
1: you wanna say right back b <laughs> Ditto.
0: So uh, Doug and Sarma are obviously a huge partner of ours. Um, I mean obviously a, a, a very good partner if we've had a, a working relationship as long as we have and Uh, So, you can guess if we've got somebody from the credit side of things with us today on the podcast, kind of what we're talking about. And, you know, I think that credit is one of those topics that people have a lot of questions about in general, anyway. But I think in today's current, like, COVID environment, there's a lot of questions specifically about forbearance. So, I just kind of figured we would jump into some of those. But before we get started,
1: uh, you kind of want to introduce uh, yourself yeah. and, and Sarma to yeah, us a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm Doug Swan, and I've been with uh, Sarma, and there's still probably a lot of people out there with Van Dyke. What is Sarma? Who's Sarma? Uh, San Antonio Retail Merchants Association. So. I usually give out a $25 gift certificate if anybody knows, but I never, <laughs> haven't given out it yet, so. Well, uh, I'm, I'm writing that down because I would not have won that, I, right, right. I know how to get my next uh, meal paid for. So, so I've had a, a free uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for quite a while now, so, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so uh, we've been around, um, you may even, some may even known us, uh, I was with Network Credit before, we got bought out by Sarma. So uh, that's how we came in a relationship with them. And uh, that's about the time you were over at- Tri-County. Uh, Tri-County Tri County Mortgage, yeah. Yeah. And um, Laura Lynn, Wanda, yourself, a yep. few others. Um, and I was like, who man, now everyone's, you know, going to their own, this new place. And it's like, I had some of their business already. So man, that's not good. Well, here we are 10 years later. <laughs> Number one client's been very good, so uh, it has been a really good relationship. So um, I've been doing this, I've been in this business now for 30, 30 years. Wow. So, um, of course, made them I'm a little older, but that's all right, so uh, enjoy it. Uh, Van Dyke is, like you said, a great relationship, one of my top clients, and uh, we try to do everything we can to, um, and you help out with it as well, so it goes great both ways. It's been a great relationship. Yeah.
0: So, what are some of the services that you guys offer? I mean, obviously, you we use you to do mortgage credit pools, right? Um, but I'm sure that's not the only thing that, that you guys. That's do. a good
1: question because most of the people think that's all there is out there is just the mortgage credit pool. Um, but yeah, we have all the other uh, products that all the other credit vendors out there as well have. We have flood reports. Uh, life of loan. Um, we have uh, AVM uh, model valuations, uh, tax return verifications, um, employment reports. We also have a collection division Wow! Um, and we have a tenant screening division. So we actually have a whole realm of things that you, uh, if you ever need, we can definitely, you know, get it for you. And I know that, you know, others use others, but, uh, you know, but uh, we have it available for uh, everyone out there and all of our clients. So. Yeah. You made me think of
0: a question that I, I didn't think of prior to sitting down, but is there a difference between a mortgage credit pool and some other credit pool? So yeah. like we get that well, I pulled my credit and blah blah blah, <laughs> blah and it was seven hundred and why is it 620 wow, here? What's that's a the, great question. What's the story with that?
1: I get that about, uh, I probably get four or five calls a week on that. Well wow. What you're talking about is people are getting like a credit karma, or you can get a free copy of your credit report from any of the bureaus once a year, and those are called consumer credit reports. Those reports are different than the mortgage credit report, and the reason is because they all have a certain score, model score that they have and the mortgage industry can only use the mortgage model scores. And they have what they call scorecards, and that's how they come up with all the uh, characteristics to come up with the score. So they have more emphasis on some things in the mortgage division. There's a finance model, there's a uh, automobile model, But the consumer model has their own model and almost always, always, as you probably heard, um, the scores are always gonna be higher. I've seen it up to 80 to 100 points higher. Wow,
0: on the consumer credit report. On the consumer
1: credit report. So, like I tell everybody, it's always good to get a copy of your credit report. And this is what I tell realtors as well. um, Because you wanna know, um, uh, well, first of all, for, for the, for the client or borrower because they want to know what's on the credit report and if it's true or not so they want to see if it's in there um, is that actually my trade lines is there anything that's not you know shouldn't be in there that we should try to get deleted whatever um, even though they'll get a different kind of score than you would for the mortgage Um, And they would share that with the realtor because at that point, the realtor wants to know, hey, do I want to take my time to take these people around for the next five weekends or Mm -hmm. something when they may not get approved to even get a mortgage? So I always tell the realtors as well when I'm talking to them and I speak usually for the mortgage brokers or or lenders like yourself is they should try to get a credit report from Van Dyke uh, because that would be the true score and they know where they stand at. And now, do I, now where I know they really stand at, do I, do I want to go out with them? Um, uh, it looks good, but we can, you know, have yeah. a lot of time now to get their scores higher or for better rates or whatever. So,
0: yeah, that's pretty interesting that you say that because I, I can see where an agent or even a borrower might want to take a shortcut in going ahead and get pre approved by a lender before going to look at homes right? because, hey, I already pulled my free credit That's right. you know, from freecreditreport.com or whatever, here it is, and yeah. the agent's like, oh, you know what, okay, I'll take you out yeah. with that in mind, and then, you know, you go into contract and you get bit, you know? Yeah,
1: Credit Karma has a 700 score and you're going out thinking I can get them this house or something like mm-hmm. that. Now everything in there is gonna be usually the same thing on in one report and on the other, like the mortgage compared to the consumer. So it's all gonna be in there, but it's gonna be different scores, like I say. But until you can get it to a mortgage industry to look at that credit report, you really don't know where you're gonna be at. So that's always good to uh, always get, like I always tell them and when I talk to that's your branches and different things, um, make sure that, you know, you're pulling it through Van Dyke or whatever as soon as you can to see where you actually stand at. But that's a great question because I get four or five of those a week that's for sure going you hey that's it's one of those things score. you wish
0: you just had an automated recording if you're <clears throat> calling to ask me about XYZ hit one <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: it. Yeah. That's why that's exactly right so it's usually Sarma did this to my report but, uh, anyway.
2: let me let me jump in how, how often do you get the request that somebody wants to try to rescore to qualify for a mortgage
1: well, that usually comes in once it goes to one of your loan officers, and they start looking to see, hey, first of all, we can't get them approved for anything without getting their scores higher. Sure. Or, um, hey, we can get you a better rate by getting them to a certain score. And the thing is, uh, and we can get into it you know, now or even a little later, is uh, on our credit report, we have a... Uh, uh, A page called the credit sure cover page so right away your loan officers can see what the scores are but they can see exactly how high those scores can go up it doesn't tell them what they need to do but it tells them hey it can get to a 700 or 720 Mm -hmm. and right away your loan officer knowing hey i can do a conventional whatever they need Mm -hmm. to do this is what we can do okay let's start looking at um, you know simulators which we have and i help out in the service of those with all your lo's Um, how can you get the scores higher it go you go in and it tells you exactly if they pay this visa down or this down, it will go up 52 points to 700. Yeah. So uh, they know exactly where they need to be at at that point yep. so we can help them.
0: Yeah, John, I think that's a worthy thing to bring up the way you did because I, I think a lot of loan officers may not know, if, if you don't understand loan level price adjustments on interest rates. every 20 point. Yeah. yeah, if you don't understand loan level price adjustments on interest rates, you don't know that doing a rescore for your borrower could benefit them substantially by helping improve their rate. And I think a lot of people, the misconception is, we use the credit rescore just to get them to a qualifying score, right. right? right. It's I currently don't have a qualifying score, if I rescore now I have one, boom, I'm in pay dirt. But a loan officer who truly understands how loan level price adjustments work on interest rate pricing knows that, hey, if my borrower's at a 700 and I can get them to a 740, I've probably been able to get them a much better rate, right? Yes, so. correct.
1: Which could lead to a referral or something like that by saving them people money. And they were, well, hey, if you did this for me, who can I do it for? Yeah, yeah
0: you're 100% right.
1: But it, it could even, you can find out it may take, 50 dollars to get to where you need to be Um, but we have those tools that are available for you to check that out it may take five thousand but it could be fifty dollars but without those tools you wouldn't know so that's something we have available for every loan officer so they can come and talk to them about it
2: yeah that's awesome I think the bottom line here is is pay your bills on time no matter how big, how small, <laughs> right? Well, that's true. As the consumer, I mean, one of, the, one of the lessons you wanna teach your children even when they start out, a lot of kids make the mistake when they go into college and they're offered a credit card and may only have a small amount that they can charge but the minimum payment may be $25 and they just don't pay it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and they don't realize the impact that that, 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 that missed payment travels with them essentially sure. for life. Yeah. Sure. With, with whatever they look to do or finance, whether it's a mortgage, buying a car, uh, potentially insurance that, you know, industry wide, it, it, yeah. it can potentially cost you thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, John, I think one of the things as an originator I've seen consumers get into trouble with is um, they open up multiple lines of credit. So it's not just the Visa credit card, they've also got the Exxon Mobil credit card and the Best Buy credit card and the Costco credit card, and on and on and on, and in your right. mind, you're like, well, it's only a minimum of a hundred dollar a month payment. Right. We'll stack that up on five of those credit cards, and those five are equal to like a Mercedes payment, right? <laughs> yeah, and and,
2: and and it's hard to manage. Yes. I mean, when you when you start getting more than two or three cards every month, yeah. Yeah. and you're tracking whether you or you know your significant other. You know, did you pay the seven cards that we have every month, even though they're only 20 bucks each, (laughs) right? You miss, inevitably, you miss one or two or one
1: just, you just miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's another thing about the uh, reports. We're talking about the difference between maybe a consumer report or a mortgage report is uh, all consumer reports, if you have anything on that credit report at all, you're going to get a score. Okay. So I probably get a lot of questions as well as I pulled a SARMA credit report, mortgage report. I didn't get any scores. What's up? Well, for a mortgage credit report, there's a few requisites that you have to have, okay? Requirements. Uh, one, you have to have at least one open trade line. So they may have a bunch of trade lines, but they may have all been closed. Been closed. Maybe they went into bankruptcy, whatever the reason was. Um, so the other one is you have to have at least one open trade line that has to have at least six months of history. And I, I you talked about a young person, you know, mm-hmm. opening up. So hey, this person has a credit card, two credit cards, but he's not getting a score. Well, they've only had three months of history so far on that credit card. So you have to have at least one that has six months of history. And the last one is now that we're talking about it, one has to be updated in the last six months. Okay. So if you if you know if you've had one and you're like, wait a minute, I have you've got to a, have a activity. Yeah. yeah. So if you have activity, but it hasn't been updated in the last six months, then you can't have a score either. Okay. So you're going to have a lot of them that's going to be like that. So we, we can help you out with that. We can talk about authorized users, different things to get you back on board. But so younger kids, you're wondering why they may not have scores. That's why it'd be in the mortgage industry. So um, that's what you have to have. Yeah. So cool. That's, uh, that's something else out there.
0: What, what would you say, and you may have already answered this, if you have, that's fine. What would you say is the number one question that you get in your business? Whether it's from a consumer, a mortgage professional, a real estate professional, what, what would you say is the gotcha. number one? Gotcha.
1: The first one was that probably that consumer report we yep, talked about. That's kind of what I thought. The, the yeah. second one is what would I need to look at or pay down mm-hmm to make sure my scores go higher if I'm gonna use my money to do something with. Right. So uh, on your credit reports you have revolving credit reports. I mean, uh, trade, trade lines, lines, and you have installment trade lines. So uh, mortgages, collections. So paying off installment uh, trade lines, if you got your mortgage, you got your uh, student loans, you have your cars, paying those off or down usually does nothing to your score whatsoever as sad as that is it doesn't make a lot of sense does it yeah
2: that's interesting i mean not
1: always but i'd say probably 95 percent of the time nothing wow but it's your revolving credit uh, cards that paying them down will get your scores higher
0: okay
1: so um do you pay them all down to zero no that's even not good so it's always good to have at least one or two open trade lines with a smaller balance and you'll have a higher score on top of that but so that's why you need to get with you know loan officers and, and with Van Dyke so they can look at these simulators and you're not paying thousands of dollars towards something that's not going to help you whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So they can help you with, um, you know, exactly which cards to pay down. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest question is what they need to do to get that score higher.
2: All right.
0: Fabulous.
1: Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah.
2: Now, I mean, just touching on that. So if somebody has, you know, three revolving accounts and they're maxed out, How does that impact compared to somebody that I know the threshold is ideally about 20% of the carry balance? So just touch
1: on how that impacts. Yeah, just based on that, with that revolving, anything, you you wanna have a two to three, probably 30% or less. If you have more than that or higher um, percentages, your score is probably gonna be lower than it can be. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, which ones do I pay? Well, that's when we're gonna have to take a look at that for you. Sure. and we can help you with that or your loan officers are well versed in that so they can tell you what you would have to do exactly almost down to the dollar okay to get you to that score because you're like well if i just pay this or this well you may miss it by five dollars and your score doesn't go up doesn't or down a, a point or two but if you get to this exact number that that we tell you that the simulators tell you I mean, you could be 30, 40 different points. So wow, yeah. so that's uh, that's a big <clears throat> and, difference. And to segue into something else, so
2: we pull three credit bureaus and how is it that we see, or a consumer might, may ask, how is it that we see three drastically or two similar scores and one that may be drastically higher or lower?
1: That's a good question too. And that happens a lot. Um, so what usually happens on something like that is all the major accounts, usually all the bureaus have, and they usually get, almost to the same day they get adjusted, you know, because it's usually one billing cycle a month mm-hmm. where they go through. So, But it's usually a small, I'm not going to say small, but different collection companies don't report to all three bureaus. So if you have a perfect credit report, but you have just one collection, doesn't matter if it's $20 or 2000 or 20000 how many and how uh, recent they are, that score can go down mm-hmm. by 100 points easily. Wow. And it happens a lot. So And then they go, well, I'm just gonna pay this down to zero. I'll be right back to where we are. Collections don't work that way. If you pay down collections almost always, it will never improve your score. We could try crazy. to tell you how maybe we it's can crazy. get with a collection company, maybe they can do something for you, but that's something we could talk about. So I mean, that's just
2: jumping in. That's a lesson for folks out there. I mean, yeah. $20 to 2,000, the dollar amount doesn't matter. It hits yeah. you no. the same. I yeah. mean, it's tough to swallow.
0: Well, I mean, I think the part that's tough to swallow on the collection is that, paying it down actually could hurt your score. That's true. Yes. Yep. Right? Yes, and, true. And Doug, I've always understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason for that is it makes that collection now newer. Newer. Yeah. They call
1: it more recent. You're right. Yeah, more yep. more yep.
0: recent yep. in terms of yep. of the score. So I mean, right. it's kind of that's kind so of <laughs> you know, not so great for the collection dog. Let the old
2: dog die. You know, it's
0: kind of not so great for the collection companies, because right. I understand their purpose in putting a sure. collection on right. a credit report. But after a period of time, if they haven't collected
1: on that debt, yeah, the consumer is better off never paying. That's that debt. absolutely. I I tell people all the time that if I'm helping them with the scores, now this collection, maybe we can ask them if they'll delete it if you pay them. You know, and that could always help out. We can let you know that. But paying, it's not going to help. But. Let's try and see if if, if if you know they'll help get it deleted, but if not, let's use your money toward some revolving balances if you can get the same product or whatever the mortgage company mm-hmm. to get the same you know rate or whatever. Leave that collection alone till later. I mean, you don't need to pay that. Let's look at something that can help. And it's not just collections, it can be I had one the other day where someone said, uh, I was talking to a group, and they're like, "Well, I had one." Um, Uh, They had called me before I went out there and I looked at it and they paid off a mortgage, $300,000 mortgage, and uh, uh, they had a little bit of a uh, uh, Sears, old Sears account that had a uh, a balance on it. And it also just went 30 days late. Wow. So they paid off $300,000 mortgage, but the Sears, the late cost them 120 points. It's crazy. So we worked on maybe getting that late deleted, but just even – you know, uh, if the late wasn't on there, if we'd have paid down that Sears from like $300 to $10, that score was gonna go up just 50 points itself, wow. by paying $200, yet they just paid a $300,000 mortgage yeah. off. Yeah, they'd so have been better
0: off paying off the Sears <laughs> and keeping the balance on the mortgage yeah, for another month yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Just
1: to make sure, so it doesn't matter how much it is, it's really how recent and how many you have of the lates or 30 day lates on a trade line. That's really where you get hit hard. Especially if you have a great credit report before. Now, if you're in the 500s and you have another you know, latest not going to affect it so yeah. much. But if you have an 800, I mean, I've seen it go down to 680, yep. 690. Yeah. And people just lose it at that Shoot,
0: point. Shoot, I, I it's just it's interesting. And I think, you know, again, I didn't necessarily have this as part of my thoughts when we sat down with Doug here. But the other thing I'm thinking about is like, how big of a deal are student loans right now? Well,
1: I see, You see more and more and more of them. And they're kind of they're going into that forbearance as well. So a lot of those people are, I mean, I see Wait a minute. What's that word? Yeah. Say that again? Oh, wait, did we shift gears into four? Is there an F word being said yeah. here?
2: Four letter word is exactly we, right. We, in our industry, we don't like to hear that. <laughs> no, It's we, never good, but, but the, uh, go ahead and talk about more it. More and
1: more. It's people just have so many student loans that are so high. The, the How much they owe now these days. I don't know how they're ever going to pay them off anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, with. I
0: think it's the next big thing in consumer debt. It's the next bubble to burst in consumer it's, debt it's Yes. Crazy. student loans.
1: But those are, uh, we're having to make sure those are uh, in forbearance or, or starting to be paid or whatever just to get those through, for to get approval through the mortgage system now as well, those mm-hmm. student loans. But hundreds of thousands I've seen on one, one credit report now they may be in a doctor maybe they're yeah. just living it yeah. up i don't know yep yeah. but it now was I, crazy i know
0: on the student loans you know they there are certain allowances for putting those in deferment status H- how does the deferment status affect
1: the deferment is it's basically the same if they put them in deferment status and they can't make them late however the balances are still going to be there for what they owe so a lot of times we'll get called and if they don't see a balance they have to have it i don't know if it's through du or the mortgage company wants to see it or yep. something so we have to come up with a with a figure for a monthly figure a lot of times yep. for that so they want to see how much they're paying on each one of those that's for sure because like i said there's so many that it's its you're talking earlier i mean how many can, you know it's you have to end up being like a house yeah. payment almost yep. when you add them up. So it's yeah. it's, it's getting yeah. crazy out cool. there.
0: So I, I think you know the big news of the day right now is uh, what well, we just said that f word. <laughs> so so the big f word is is that forbearance word and yeah. you know as part of the CARES Act that came out and I believe it was April, right. um, it provided a provision for homeowners to put their mortgage in forbearance. Right. Which means you don't have to make your mortgage payment for a period of time. Right. I think the unanswered question that a lot of people have, and we may even be able to answer it here, is one, how is that going to affect credit scores? But two, you know, how are mortgage companies going to handle forbearance um, down the road? Is this going to be a derogatory event like a foreclosure or a deed in lieu?
1: That's a good question, and I don't even know if I know all the answers to that yet. And maybe each lender decides on their own. I, I'm not exactly and, and sure. that, and about that seems that. to
2: be what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. the, the CARES Act protects Fannie and Freddie, and there's several lenders. That's about 50 percent of all mortgaged homes. So yeah. those folks outside that, they're dealing with forbearance, but right. not necessarily falling under the CARES Act. Right. So they're going to they're they're up for potentially whatever that lender yeah. decides
1: to report or negotiate but that care act like you said it, it started out where uh, you know it was okay it, are they even going to show lates is it always going to be current well they decided hey it's, we can't show it as late if they're in the care act and forbearance so mm-hmm. but then it was like when i first started i mean it it was like just something brand new just like for for you, I'm sure, is like, is it gonna be 30, 60, then I saw 90 days, and it could be up to six months, and then it was up to a year, and then like, well, wait, wait, once it balloons, are they gonna have to make all that money right up, or or what, I think most people ended up where they put it at the end of the loan. You could probably tell me more about that, if that's what you're hearing. Yeah, Uh.
0: I I think that every lender or servicer, it's really the servicer, not so much the lender, they're making their own decisions on that. you know, ultimately I think what the consumer needs to understand is forbearance isn't a free ride. Right. You have to make that mortgage payment at some point. Right. And it could be to your point, Doug, it is it, hey, if I was on forbearance for three months, do I have, you know, then three months that I have to make double payments to get right. it caught up? Right. Can I stack it onto the end of the loan? Yeah. Um you know, can we work out some sort of payment plan? Right. Um I think every servicer is handling it that different handling that different. I think where it got kind of crazy was in the past, like here in Florida especially, we're, we're familiar with forbearance because we've come across forbearance opportunities because of natural disasters like hurricanes. Mm-hmm. But typically you have to be able to prove your hardship because right. of that natural disaster. With the Cares Act, you didn't have to prove hardship. Anybody could right. just put their mortgage in forbearance and not make payments.
1: Yeah, and I probably got three, four calls just from my buddies asking me, yep. "What should I do? Should I? Hey, I, I don't have to pay my mortgage for three, four months. I think all this money I'm going to save, and that's what I'm going to do. Can yeah. they not show me as late? You tell me. You know, so there are thousands. I mean, so of if people I'm hearing that, that just from that a few, strategically, you know, there's got to be a lot Yeah, yeah
2: we, we run across that all the time. Yeah, and then when they decide to refi. They then bring it current to qualify to do that and then, and then right. make three payments on time. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. can be a lot of money though if they, you know, waited to, you know, pay for three months or something. Nobody like that. wants to make that lump sum no, payment. No, no, right? absolutely I mean, not. You almost it, think that you don't owe it. <laughs> it. It
0: reminds me of, you know, the days when it, it reminds me back in 2008 through 2010 where people went delinquent on their mortgage. There there wasn't a forbearance opportunity. We just quit making our mortgage payments, right? Mm -hmm. And then we would want to go do a mortgage modification, okay? And so the mortgage modification was, hey, my my lifestyle, so to speak, or my employment has changed. I can't afford to make my current mortgage payment. I want to keep my home. How is the bank going to help me keep that home? And... You would almost re-qualify for a mortgage, and they would say, "Hey, this is what we think you can afford, mm-hmm. so we're going to adjust your mortgage payment, you know, accordingly." Yeah. Um, well, I think in some of those cases, people remodified into balloon payments at the end, um, you, you know, or, or there was a lot of different. But what what happened was, people even then, like, it took so long to get a modification you might've not paid your mortgage for six months, nine months oh, a year. Yes. Well, now, by the way, you're also in foreclosure. Yep. You know, yep. And a lot of times the only way to get people out of foreclosure was for them to short sale their home because they didn't have the equity to do it or eventually they would get that mortgage modification mm-hmm. which would get their mortgage current and the foreclosing, foreclosure proceedings would mm-hmm. stop. But I think that's the unknown right now mm-hmm. with forbearance is people don't know how that's going to be handled And I think there's probably a lot of consumers out there right now who are in forbearance that are, they're probably not asking the right questions. Like you need to be asking questions to your servicer as to what is this going to look like, Mm -hmm. you know, when it does come down to the point that I have to repay. Because John, to your point, there are thousands of homeowners across the country who have mortgages that did a strategic forbearance, meaning they had the financial means to continue to make the payment. They just chose not to. That's right. right.
1: I believe that for sure. Right. Yeah. And and right now, a lot of them are probably thinking, you know, ones that want to refinance with all these great rates that are, I mean, these rates are incredible now. Well, I'm probably thinking, hey, you know, they're missing it, maybe the it's not showing the forbearance. Maybe I can get away with it. <laughs> well, like Van Dyke's doing and like most lenders are doing, right now, what they're asking us to do on every single loan that's closing is we are having to verify not just every person, every mortgage trade line on every credit report to find out if it's in forbearance or not, because you wanna know that before they close.
0: Yeah, so that's an important thing to note. So that's an agency thing, meaning it's not lender specific, it's a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac thing. And if you currently have a mortgage because you're able to just randomly put one in forbearance today, we have to verify that the mortgage is current. And the only way to do that is we Lean on your team, right? Um, and you tell us a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah, so um, like we say, you know, before closing, and and you want to do it as soon as you can. But uh, when it comes up and, and you need to find this out, is uh, you'll contact us, and hey, we need John Jones to make sure that his uh, he is not in forbearance on any of those ten mortgages. I promise, accounts. I am not. She does. <laughs> so our team would go ahead, and we have to contact the borrower, which will be on the line with us, so you can't lie, John. Okay. So, And then uh, we contact the uh, lenders that, uh, each one that you have a mortgage with. We have to get a live person online and they have to do it over the phone. And they let us know and uh, tell us, yes, he's in forbearance or he, if he's not, and where they stand at with the, uh, where the payments oh, so, are. So I mean,
0: that sounds like a pretty time-consuming process. It is, you, it is. You, 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 Sarma calls the borrower, while they're on the phone they conference in the current yep. servicer yes. to verify that the loan is not currently in forbearance and That's then right. you guys report back to the lender and, right. and we're able to close the loan
1: how long does that take um well if your borrowers available then <laughs> then we contact the lender and usually i'd say 50 percent of times getting better because it was just brand new for them too they sure. had, they have had no and didn't a lot of their the manpower, and the covid probably stayed, are out yeah, yes to, you know. so yep. they're pretty stacked up but um so then uh they're t- you know we we give them 20 minutes um to get a live person on the line to give us that information and we're doing it over and over and over because we can't even get a live person all the time wow. so it could take a time but you need that information before you want to give anyone you know a new yeah. mortgage
0: yeah we, yeah we have we have to obviously yeah, yeah.
1: So it, it's a process, but it's uh, important. So with that forbearance, it's not just willy-nilly. Like some people think, I'm just going to save money. That's all they have in yeah, their yeah. mind. I think so. the
0: important thing for consumers to know is there will be a cost. <laughs> there will be a cost um, to forbearance. We just don't know what it's going to be. Right. Um, just yet. You, know, you just, know, just yet.
1: And the CARE Act, was, it was a good... I mean, it's still a good idea for a yes. lot of people, yes. you know, lost their jobs or yep. got cut down in pay or whatever. So, I mean, it's it was tough on a lot of people. So, I mean, thought it, I thought it was a great idea. Yeah,
2: I mean, and the bottom line with that is to get with your lender now, like Brian said earlier, and um, and start talking about right. when that's going to come to an end for you, where you stand now, maybe you're back employed, you're able to make your payments yeah. again, get that restarted, and negotiate to add that unpaid balance to the backside of the loan. Mm -hmm. So your payments remain the same and there's no added interest to the uh, to the mortgage.
1: But I think that uh, they put it in so quickly with this COVID. I don't think they really figured out exactly. In an effort to get it out
2: without without telling all of
0: us
1: servicers and lenders what was going on. Yeah, in an
0: effort to get it out and it needed to get out quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't dot all the I's and cross all the T's and and I mean, I don't know. I think it was probably the right thing to do. I, you know, agree. We'll, yeah. we, I don't think there's anything that we can't work through right. um, in, in and, that and regard.
2: And the great thing now is unlike the Great Depression we all went through in the industry back a decade ago, there's equity and property. Yeah. So yes. for a lot of these folks, if they haven't resolved their situation and they do owe money and they can't negotiate back into payments, They've got equity in in many cases. We have more home equity than we've ever had in the United States. So there's there's an opportunity for them to sell or downsize the home.
1: Yeah, because I remember back in those foreclosure days that you were talking about, Brian, I mean, People, people are You just, are upside down. People uh, that were gonna foreclose, them, they just quit. They are they are renting their house out, making money off people. <laughs> yes. Take it off, you, just you waiting for down. the yes. you know them to come out saying you can't be in that home yes. any longer. Yes, so I know someone that was doing yeah. that for like two years, getting rent paid yeah. to them. There was no equity in the house, <laughs> so that was how they were getting their money. Yeah. But today,
2: I mean, you can sell a home, take your fifty, hundred grand, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, you establish to, to, yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and I and I think John, what you're talking about is
2: and keep there, your credit in good standing. Yeah, there's which a is fear important.
0: that forbearance is going to eventually lead to delinquency, and I think it will. It will just look different, and the look different to your point is people have equity in homes today they didn't in 2008 through 2010. So when they need to get out from underneath that mortgage, yeah, if it'll that time easier. comes, it'll be they'll be able to sell it. By the way, right now you could probably sell it in a weekend and have cash in hand in 30 days and your credit stays intact and you have some seed money to go restart, you know, your financial future. Yes.
1: Yep. You know, so
0: John, Doug, anything else that you guys want to add as, as we close it up here?
1: No, just overall, um, like I was saying, uh, you know, best thing to do is make your payments, even if it's the minimum, just uh, make sure your credit stays in, um, you know, perfect balance. So the lates will hurt you um, but just make your minimum payments uh, and get with you on um, uh, Van Dyke, definitely, on, uh, uh, on the mortgage scores, Start the, the mortgage process report, early, yes. yes, so you know where you stand and know where you need to get to. So. Cool. Well, Thank Doug, you,
0: Doug, John and I appreciate your time. Like sure. we said at the beginning, you are a great partner uh, for Van Dyke Mortgage, and I'm sure you are for a lot of other lenders as well. Just a huge, uh, valuable resource. I would actually say team member.
1: Well, Absolutely, thank you. Appreciate it. as long it.
0: as we've been working together. So yeah. to those of you watching and listening, um, thanks for tuning in to the Contacts to Contracts podcast with Doug Swan here from Sarma Credit Services, my co-host, Mr. John Jones. I'm Brian Lovell. If you liked what you saw, don't forget to subscribe to uh, this podcast or YouTube channel, and don't forget to share it, and we will see you next week for another episode of Contacts to Contracts.